Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L., your host. You can now contact me directly via text, 919-675-1058. That's 919-675-1058. Or join our Facebook group at the Anon Podcast. That's T-H-E-A-N-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T to fellowship with other guests. This podcast aims to be a commentary and discussion of Narcotics Anonymous literature, aiming to enrich the recovery experience of those who are on this beautiful journey. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with Stepwork, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as another resource toward our collective growth as addicts in recovery. We're simply addicts seeking recovery. Nothing more, and for sure, nothing less. Now let's get started. I'm an addict named Tony C. from Austin, Texas. April 15th, honesty becomes second nature. In the beginning, we may have to consciously practice being honest. As we continue this practice, we find dishonesty progressively more uncomfortable, perhaps even agonizing. And gradually, we notice that honesty has become more normal for us. Living Clean, Chapter 1, Keys to Freedom. In active addiction, dishonesty was organic to how most of us functioned in the world. We did what we had to do to stay high. Stealing and being manipulative and deceitful were among our strategies to meet that goal. We were chameleons, more adept at figuring out who others wanted us to be than being ourselves. Our skewed perception was that the risk of being real outweighed its benefits. Lifelong habits die hard. In early recovery, we often find ourselves embellishing our using careers or whitewashing our wrongdoings. We are quick to justify our behavior, blame others, and minimize our feelings. Some of us continue to steal, cheat, to get ahead or promote a clean date that isn't quite accurate. But every time we come to a meeting, we hear that honesty is essential to recovery. We know that we're setting ourselves up for relapse if we don't start telling the truth and acting with integrity. We hear that lesson in other stories. So we practice being honest in all our affairs. We identify with other members and vice versa, which encourages us to be more open. Our sponsor helps us to see that being honest is actually the solution to our problems. We adjust our stories to match the truth. Gradually, as our behavior shifts, so does our comfort level with the truth. The perceived danger we felt at being truly ourselves is replaced by the gift of participating in reality and receiving support from our fellow members. Like any defect, the impulse to lie comes back. Though it's not as habitual, dishonesty may be that rusty old tool we reach for in a jam. Nowadays, when we pop off a lie, it's painful. Our denial and justification wound us. Knowing ourselves and our defects well allows us to put some time between impulse and action. We are able to investigate the urge, forgive ourselves, and humbly ask for help to avoid acting on it. When I feel that now familiar discomfort in the pit of my stomach from being dishonest, I will reflect on it. I'll change direction and take action because I know reality and the truth pose no real risk to me today. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is April 15th. Honesty becomes second nature. Ooh, what'd you think, Pop? Uh, Well, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Dishonesty is my first nature, I can tell you that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I, um, I, there is a, you know, I think that honesty is the first spiritual principle we come in contact with for a reason. It's the first step. It's 
it's that time that you're sitting in that meeting and you're going to open your mouth for the first time and try not to say bullshit, you know, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I used to say for you, for you young people, a Rolodex is something we used to keep phone numbers in before you had a phone that you walked around with all the time. You can pause that episode, Rolodex. pause the episode and Google a picture of a Rolodex. <laughs> I had a Rolodex of lies when I came to Narcotics Anonymous. If mm. you said a subject, I just flipped my Rolodex around to look for what the lie was because I had told it so many times over so many years that it just had become the lie that I told. And so I, and I didn't, it didn't even kind of, it wasn't even a knee jerk reaction. I just did, I just did it. It was, I, I never thought, Oh, I'm telling a lie. It just became the lie that became the truth. Hmm. And so when I come to narcotics anonymous and you go, Hey, well, why don't you share honestly about that? What's going on? I'm like, what? I didn't even understand what it meant. Well, it's difficult to put a, a lot of value on honesty too, man. You know, yeah. that's kind of like getting clean. Like they're, they're, it, it's just difficult to put value on peace of mind, value on having an evening where your ass is just parked in the recliner chilling. You know, it's like, like yeah, that's you don't an honesty, no that. value. Man. Well, here's the thing. Why, you know, because in, in another fellowship, they talk about telling the lie when the truth would be sufficient. You know what I mean? And that's why do we, why did I tell the truth? Why did I, why did I tell the lie? So the, the reason I told the lie is because I have a disease of not enough, right? Yeah. The drugs are not enough. I'm not enough. So I have to tell these lies to feel enough. It can't just be, I went to the store and I go, well, I went to this store and I bought this <laughs> and it's this big thing. It can't just be, I just went to the store and I bought some shoes. It has so to that's be. Specific, that's specific piece. That's you. That, that, that That's kind of you beckoning to say, hey, look, let me fit in. Let me belong let me to you. Let me be deal. enough. Yeah. You know, we were just talking about that need for approval. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> before we before we started recording and that need for approval is strong it is strong in us it is strong in a lot of people and and so i mean it, for, for really that need for approval is what started my, my whole using somebody said do you want to do this like this and i said yeah because i wanted you to like me I knew drugs were bad. I've sat in enough health classes at school knowing that drugs were probably a bad idea. <laughs> that that concern for my health was not stronger than my need for you to like me. Mm. And so that's where the lies come in for me is that need for you to like me is I'm not enough. So I'm going to tell the lie to be enough. So you'll like me. Mm. And you know what comes to mind too, Paul, is like, is like in the backdrop of this is how you talk about like, hey, you know, that 98% when mm -hmm. you share and you're kind of, you know, you dress it up, embellish, you know, whatever that is, no one gives a fuck about any of that. Nobody cares. And look, look the longer you stay clean, the more you can smell bullshit. You can smell <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Fortunately, what I'm hoping to smell is not your bullshit, but my <laughs> bullshit. Because <laughs> nobody got hurt from your bullshit. The only person who gets hurt 
is me from my bullshit, right? <laughs> Your lies don't don't affect me. It's my lies that affect me. <laughs> hey, Paul, pre-gaming for this one, I was kind of chuckling to myself because there's a part of my story, man, that it took. I was clean for years. It was an embellishment. I was clean for years. What was it like a lie? I think I don't even think an embellishment. Embellishment was... sounds so even in saying the word embellishment is a lie about a lie. <laughs> But look, look, man, like my, my, you know, like before I went to this detox, man, I spent, um, I spent a night or two in this laundromat, you know, it was like open 24 seven. I didn't have anywhere to go, you know, and this dude had, had told me get the fuck out, you know, cause I didn't have any drugs or money, which meant I didn't have any friends, you know, and, you have nobody to tell you anymore. Get out. <laughs> yeah. He's like, look, that's it. And, uh, so, so I didn't, so I went there, but in my story for years, man, I would just cut it off as, you know, and I, and, 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 and at the end, man, I was, I was living in a, or st I was staying, I would say I was staying in a laundromat, you know, it was, it was one or two nights, you know what I'm saying? But I wouldn't do that. Up in the street cred there a little bit. Dude, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself, man, to, you know, to say yeah. it was one or two nights and stuff, but because a lot of it, man, I think I carried a lot of that. I was 16 getting clean and I carried a lot of that, like, you know, I want you to, you know, to to, to kind of accept me, to bring me into the fold, you know, whatever that looked like there. Do you have any parts of your story like that? I do. I mean, look, I, <laughs> there's not a gay, gay person alive who hasn't lived in the world of lies. I mean, that, I learned from a very young age that the truth could get, well, you could get hurt by the truth mm. or, you know, you could get made fun of by the truth. So I, listen, I, <laughs> you know, I had a girlfriend all through high school, so I know how about living a lie. Um, so, yeah, I, I, absolutely. The, I think what I want to get to before we end this is if you're new and you think that there's no way you're telling the truth about X, whatever X is for you, I'm going to tell you that if you just take a little bit of a chance what that truth is going to do is does it doesn't matter what it is. It's going to let us in. It's going to let people in because mm -hmm. what I discovered was once I, once I opened my mouth and told the truth, people started to get gain entrance to me and that isolation and that alone feeling that is so prevalent with us in active addiction get soothed by that bomb of letting people in. And I know it feels scary and we feel like we'll be rejected, but my my truth is, is that there might be some people who will reject you. There might be. I look, don't hug him. He has he you'll get you'll catch AIDS. I, I I know what that that thing feels like. But there are the more important people come in and gain access and help you with that feeling of isolation. If you tell the truth, everyone's looking for somebody to tell the truth so that they can get in there and be a part of you. And, and what happens is the truth allows you to be who you are because once you say it, mm -hmm. nobody can get you with it anymore. Mm -hmm. If I say faggot first, you can't hurt me by screaming it at me on the street anymore. Mm. 
You can't be on the playground and yell it at me across the playground anymore. If I say the words, the truth, or whatever it is for everybody listening, if I say it first, out loud, and own it, you can't hurt me anymore with it. And Paul, you know, and, and it paves the way for others to be honest, too, because, like, there hasn't been a meeting where only one person gets honest. It's like absolutely you, true. You kick that Every, shit out and then, boom, here it goes. Look, everybody's got their, their, their cards in their hands and they're playing it close to their chest. And then everybody, somebody says the truth and all the cards come down. <laughs> so you, 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 you say what, Paul, tell us what happens back when we could smoke in meetings. What happened when somebody, oh, was yeah. Yeah. when you smoked in meetings, somebody would start telling the truth about something and the whole place would become this big cloud of smoke. Oh, we're not going to feel those feelings. <laughs> oh. And you die like <laughs> you know, somebody be like, my husband beat me and blah, blah. and the whole place would just fill up with smoke because there was all these feelings. And it's the good cool, news man. is we don't smoke in meetings anymore, so right. we, we tend to feel our feelings a little bit faster. But, you know, there's still some people running outside. <laughs> but you know that the 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 piece of that too is like if 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 you know to the person listening who's like, man, I got a couple of things that I just I want to unload. I don't know how to mm -hmm. be looking for an opportunity to. Yeah. And, and right look, after somebody kicks it, man, kick it right, kick it right back. Yeah. And, and look, uh, the powerfulness of doing it in a meeting is great. But if you say, I don't, I don't know if I can do that with this, hmm. find a safe person, your sponsor, a friend, somebody in your support group and take the risk. Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the Anonymous Podcast. I encourage you all to focus on that magic six-letter word, others, as we go out into the world. Stop by the Facebook page, fellowship with other guests, or send me a text. Let me know if you'd like to be a guest or if you have any ideas on future podcasts. Until next time, I'm your host, Douglas L. Namaste, and God bless. Mm -hmm.